Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi and Mississippi, for that matter, such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, a good friend of mine, Leah Rupp Smith, posted something on Facebook the other day that got my attention. And I want to share it with you today. I think it actually creates a great lead into the conversation we're about to have here on the show. But what she posted was from Ralph Waldo Emerson. I've always been a big fan of his and uh, wasn't wasn't surprised that I was inspired by his words. But here's what she here's what Leah posted. Write it on your heart that every day is the best day in the year. He is rich who owns the day and no one owns the day who allows it to be invaded with fret and anxiety. Finish every day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. Begin it well and serenely, with too high a spirit to be cumbered with your old nonsense. This new day is too dear with its hopes and invitations to waste a moment on the yesterdays. Now, again, that was Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emerson. And, and, you know, it's really beautiful, but it's true. I mean, I talk a lot on on, on Koshu about living in the moment. And there's a lot of uh, content around us today. Uh, if we just if we just make our, open our minds and be aware of it, uh, content that will inspire you. In this particular case, my friend Leah Rupp posts, posts this quote uh, from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it inspired me. Um, I was reminded, actually, Emerson, I was a big fan of his in school, he was a scholarly writer and a philosopher. He, he was actually considered the father of American literature. And to think that, that most of what he wrote, or all of what he wrote, was from the 1800s. And that, that his words today can inspire us today as much as it did back in, in, in his day. Um, Emerson wrote a lot of profound things. He was an extraordinarily prolific writer. But this particular post, uh, you know, really kind of hit me today, and it carries with it a, a real sense of not worrying about the future. You know, you can't do anything about yesterday. One of the quickest ways, frankly, and we talk about it here on Coastly all the time, to a healthy mental state is to consciously force yourself to live in the moment and to appreciate the moments. It's a true gift to do that. Um, anyway, something I work harder at as I get older. And uh, you know, I, I don't know. It shouldn't take age to to make you to make you uh, appreciate you know the things that are happening around you in the moment. Um, I, I think uh, it's also important, as I mentioned, you know, just to pay attention to the inspiration that's around us. And I think if we would be more open to it, it would be it would make our lives a lot more fulfilling. You know, uh, the other thing about Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emerson was that he was incredibly passionate. And he was thoughtful. And as I mentioned, he was a prolific writer. But he also wrote this. To be yourself in the world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. Let me, let me read it again. To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. Again, he wrote that back in the 1800s. Just think about how applicable that is today. When I read about it, I think about all of us as individuals and our quest for independence. You know, One, one person asked me one day, what is it that helped you be successful as a publisher? And to, I said, to the extent that I was successful, 
from the very from a very young age, I was always grossly independent. I mean, I was always extraordinarily independent, and I and I gravitated toward roles that gave me the ability to be independent. That's why, as a CEO for the last sixteen years of my career, I always had tremendous support from the board that I worked for, and they trusted me, and I and they gave me independence, which was incredibly important to me. I think about the risk-taking entrepreneurs and business owners when I think about that quote. There, there's no doubt. I, I mean, who doesn't think about that? The other thing that, that, that uh, of course, Emerson wrote a lot of things, but one of the things he also wrote was this. People must believe in their own intuition. He was really felt strong about intuition and how we should be driven toward our goals based on that. Um, I think that's a really powerful characteristic of entrepreneurs and business owners as well, uh, along with, of course, having that independent streak. Um, you know, we seek autonomy in the workplace. That's just a reality. Some seek it more than others. But at the end of the day, people who are successful entrepreneurs believe that to be their own boss gives them the freedom and the satisfaction and the flexibility that that offers them. Emerson also wrote this, to be yourself in a world, oh, excuse me, he, he was right when he said that, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else. And that could be your greatest accomplishment. I can't, I can't speak more loudly that that's one of the most powerful characteristics of an entrepreneur. Um, at the end of the day, um, there's, there's a lot to focus on when you think about the people who are starting businesses. They're creating, they have great ideas and they want to make a contribution uh, to the community. Um, I think when I think of them, I think about innovation and I think about creating jobs. I think about economic impact. Man, there's so much to talk about as it relates to that. Anyway, I want to welcome back to Coastview my friend Tony Jeff, who's actually the president and CEO of Innovation Innovate Mississippi. He literally lives in this world. Good morning, and how are you doing, Tony? Good morning. So excited to be here. It's good to see you. So you heard how I started the show, but when you think about the people that you work with, most of what I said applies incredibly well to them, doesn't it? It, it really does, and I think especially thinking about those you know, quotes, I think entrepreneurs are the ones who love to wake up every day and take on that challenge to know that their outcome depends on their input and, and on the work they're going to put in, that autonomy, as you mentioned. And, and, and it is funny, we have a picture in the lobby that scrolls by on our screen that talks about uh, being an entrepreneur, you need to have the attitude of a five-year-old in a Superman costume, uh, which is particularly relevant here on, on Halloween today to talk about because it's that excitement about, you know, not only just excited about doing what you want to do and, and being confident in that, but then, you know, being able to uh, take, not take no for an answer and to be able to plow through, you know, all the naysayers, which are, of course, going to be an issue any entrepreneur is going to face. It can be incredibly overcoming. I, I, I mean, I've led very significant change efforts for companies and, you know, we all, we all go through the same steps when it, when it deals with steps, when it deals with change, some adapt to change faster than others. But we all resist it initially. Everybody does. And some some get past that step and move on to ultimate acceptance, you know, a lot faster than others. But to be an entrepreneur, when you're when oftentimes it's a new idea or some form of, of innovation, you're selling something that maybe others have to kind of get their head around. So it takes time at times and, you, and it can be frustrating. So you've got to be able to overcome some significant uh, frustration. Listen, Innovate Mississippi has a great relationship with the entrepreneurship community in, Amer in uh, Mississippi. You're focused on startups, you're focused in, on driving entrepreneur, creating an ecosystem that allows the business owners and entrepreneurs to be successful. 
Um, you've really worked to strengthen the culture around that here in Mississippi. So why don't we do this? A good place to start because there's a lot. We're going to talk about the South Mississippi Fund and and a lot in, in, the, in the time that we have together today. But when you're talking to someone about Innovate Mississippi, how do you describe it? Well, the easiest way for us to do it is we talk about how we really like the Mississippi Shark Tank. Uh, people can understand that having seen the show. ABC won't probably let us officially use that as a tagline, but we're like the Mississippi Shark Tank. There's one slight uh, nuance to that, which is that we believe really strongly the martial arts expression says you don't fear an opponent that practices 10,000 kicks. You fear an opponent that practices one kick 10,000 times. So we only know about how to grow innovation technology startups. Uh, I couldn't tell you much about bankable deals. We work with the small business development centers, and they are a really great group for banks, bankable deals, and those types of businesses. We are the high-growth, investor-funded, focused deals, those innovation and technology deals. And so uh, we're only in that narrow slice, but then work with with the only group that really focuses on high-growth companies, innovation and technology companies uh, here in the state. You know, and one of the things, and we'll get to this in a second, but I talk a lot about the new economy on, on, on Coastview. And you think about you know the technology jobs, and so many of those jobs are jobs that can live anywhere and work remotely. The Mississippi's ripe for the taking in this particular area. But if you go back and look at the 20-year history of Innovate Mississippi, you've worked with more than 1,500 uh, companies. You've done you, you know 180-plus million dollars in, in seed and venture capital funds. When we talk about, you know, when people hear this word about creating an ecosystem that, that really, um, you know, I, I would say creates the opportunity for, se- for success when it, when it deals with innovation and technology, when you think about the ecosystem, you think you got to have great ideas, you got entre- entrepreneurs with a dogged determination. You, you, what your group does is help, help them succeed, helps marry them with people who have the money and the investment capa- capability. Um, I mean, all those things really have to be in play for someone to be successful, don't they? They really do. And we always talk about five risk areas, the technology itself, the market and how you get to those folks, the financial picture, the, uh, the plan and the team. And the ecosystem really has to bring all of those elements together so that it's almost never a single founder that's going to make this work. You need a co-founder team. And you need prototype shops, you need accountants and attorneys who understand startups. You need really all of those systems in the ecosystem. And then it's one thing to grow it to be five people and maybe you know early revenues, but then to be able to grow the company here. So all that is what we talk about in the ecosystem. It's what we try to build. Really, we try to have it built as best we can before the companies come along. But of course, every company is a little different. They need a little bit of a different ecosystem. But that's part of what we do is to connect them to those uh, folks as they start to grow. We're having a conversation with Tony Jeff. He's the president and CEO of Innovate Mississippi. And when we come back, we'll start to drill down even more on what does it mean to ultimately have success in innovation and entrepreneurship in Mississippi. We'll see you when we come back. Live or on demand, and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have Tony Jeff, who's the president and CEO of Innovate Mississippi. And I really enjoyed the the, the opening conversation. One of the things that occurs to me, though, I've had the opportunity to work in multiple states, spent a lot of time in New Orleans, and uh, watch closely what's happening in Austin. And, of course, my parent company, uh, for the for the, the who I worked for bef- the company before my final company to work for before I retired was in Silicon Valley in San Jose. So I spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley, and we spent a lot of time working with startup companies that have become you know big names in America today. That at that time you know were just you know somebody's dream. But the thing about this is, if Mississippi were not serious about this, particularly as it relates to technology, and we'll we'll talk more about why that's important and specifically. That we'd get left behind because every just about every state's focused on developing their infrastructure around helping technology startup be successful. We had to do this again. It's been going on for twenty years, but we would have been seriously left behind had we not uh, had we had not had the vision twenty years ago to do this. Well, and, and our you know it's interesting. Twenty years ago, WorldCom was here, and and there were the telecommunications space was a growth area. There was still a fair amount of ag technology going on, but the world's changed since then. But the innovation space, uh, even though it's a different sector, has really even grown in terms of importance. Uh, I don't think we could have known then how, uh, especially the privatization of space, has been one that, you know, with Stennis Space Center uh, has always been a jewel in terms of the specific uh, path into space. But now with the privatization of space, there are lots and lots of these great opportunities for these private sector companies to come grow their businesses to be near Stennis. And we've seen that with several companies. And so the sectors have changed, but uh, the, the focus on innovation and growth, uh, you know, is an area that's going to continue to be really supporting almost all the job growth is going to be in these innovation companies. So I think I think back 20 years ago, um, I had just become the publisher of the Sun-Herald. And uh, not long after that, I was working on multiple efforts, you know, corporate-wide. Ultimately, I was involved in the strategic planning efforts for Knight Ritter, the, the corporation. But I, re- I think back then, I think, you know, Intel was coming on strong. You were doing, you were seeing a lot of centralization, a lot of re-engineering efforts where companies were really beginning to think about tech, the enabling aspects of technology and what could happen there. The, of course, the Internet was really beginning to explode. We didn't realize at the time there was a lot of talk about the vision of what would happen if we could somehow figure out how to get this amount of data through these pipes. And, of course, we figured that out in relatively short order. And then what happens if the phone becomes the enabling tool? I mean, a lot of thoughts about that. But at the time, I don't think we could have ever imagined what would be unleashed in 2007 it's amazing to think back that it was 2007 when the iPhone was introduced and how much incredible exponential change has happened since then. And I know that these areas are not necessarily the areas that you guys are working in. Some of it could be. But the reality of what, what has happened in such a short period of time, we had an inkling of an idea that it was going to speed forward really rapidly. I don't think in our wildest imagination we could have ever thought that it would end up where it is today. Well, no, I think it's been so funny. I've probably heard you know, every 12 to 18 months for the last 15 years that the uh, there were already enough apps out there, right? That we didn't need any more apps, that all the good apps had already been written. And yet what you see more and more are these B2B apps. And we see companies, you know, we, we think the term dirt tech was, uh, was formed around a company that uh, we have here in Mississippi that helps you move, called Shovel, that helps you track 
movement of materials when you're building a home or at, uh, paving a driveway or things like that. And these are all B2B with a interface to the consumer applications, but they can track the dirt pit, uh, you know, along the gravel pit and dirt pit along with the trucks and the consumer. And all of these different pieces are really just being enabled by the fact that everyone's got a smartphone with them and that you can now have, you know, pretty much universal use of the smartphones in business and consumer applications. And we do have a good number of companies trying to take advantage of that. And uh, I think it's still going to be, you know, as, as much as we think even now, how many more apps could there be? I guarantee you we'll be looking at this five years from now thinking, oh, we weren't even doing X, you know, that we now are. I mean, it's incredible. You look at it on the sort of the broader scale for a second, big tech. You think about um, the most re recent analysis of Facebook and how there's a big concern now that they put too much focus on the metaverse too quickly. And, uh, you know, they spent a fortune on that and it's not paying dividends currently. And you see TikTok, you know, rising as the top social media platform in the world. You know, these, these stalwarts that sit at the top of big tech and you think there's no way that they can rapidly be changed. And it's happening right before our very eyes. It happens at that scale. It happens at the scale that you just mentioned where these, these needs were always there, but now there's technology to enable them and the ideas and someone that's re ready to like push that idea forward as a innovative entrepreneur. That's what your that's what your company is all about. But it is amazing the massive amount of change that's just ongoing, and that's going to be that's just going to be par for the course from this point forward, isn't it? It is, and I think you're going to see a lot of major disruptions in the way that's working. And I think I'm not sure in terms of Facebook's giant giant bets in the metaverse, but I am completely convinced there's a really great virtual reality company here in Mississippi called Labaki, and I'm pretty much convinced that workforce development is the ultimate one. It's really no reason to be doing workforce development for employees in an unsafe industrial environment until you've already done it in a conference room on a very safe VR environment. So that whether it's operating the uh, equipment or you know uh, whether you're driving trucks or barges or anything else, all those things can be simulated in a very safe environment. You can tell whether this person is good at these jobs before they're out in an actual work environment. And that's from tow truck driving to anything else. I'm convinced that workforce training in particular, literally every first step of workforce training should probably be done in the virtual environment where everything's safe, everything's controlled before you put them out on an actual piece of equipment. So the yeah. world's changing like that. It's pretty amazing. It is. You know, I'm thinking of someone sitting in your spot, the talent you get to see. I bet it's amazing. I mean, sometimes you go, there's no way that's going to work. And then they prove you wrong. Or maybe that you say, oh, my God, that's an amazing idea. Or maybe that's not a great idea, but the person behind it is so dang bright. It's going to be amazing to help foster that mind so they can achieve things. There are some evolving, wonderful, great minds in this state, aren't there? There really are. And I tell you, it's been uh, the pandemic has been really interesting, too, because for many years, we saw really smart people with really great ideas, but they weren't going to quit their day job. But the pandemic caused everyone to sort of, you know, re-examine their life, their side hustle, their passion. And so that's been the, one of the really exciting things is see people who we always knew could do something with this, but they probably weren't going to quit their day job. That's now jumping in with both feet and really excited about that. And just some amazingly passionate and, and smart people we work with. Well, what's, it, what's interesting about what you just said is that now you read the headlines and they say, you know, this is the the era of great the great resignation. 
you know, the side hustle has become the primary hustle for a lot of people. And I, actually, it's interesting. And I had a conversation with Adele Lyons not long ago. And she said that there's been a huge growth in one-person businesses. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know what's behind that data. Some of those businesses are going to succeed. Some of them are not going to succeed. But when you look at the growth of them, people have really put bet the ranch on the side hustle. That's for sure, haven't they? They really have. And I think it's it's it all has to do with, the, I mean, you need a good idea. You need a market for these businesses, not just passion. But if they're passionate about it and they want to pursue that passion, they're going to morph to fit the market, right? So I'm excited about those opportunities because even if they have to take a pivot to make it really fit what the market needs, if they've got that passion and they're looking for those opportunities, they're going to ultimately be able to grow and find a market. Hey, what I want to do in the next segment, uh, we're getting semi-close to the, to the end of this segment, but in the next segment, because I don't want to break it up, I want to talk about what happens when, when a startup comes to you or someone with an idea comes to you. What immediately happens? What's the conversation like? What kind of team gets put around them if, if that's what you guys decide to do? And that is marry up and let them take advantage of the, of the innovative and entrepreneurial you know, ecosystem that you guys have worked so hard to create. I mean, what, is, what does that look like? And then I want to talk a little bit about the steps they're going to go through. And uh, what I would also like to do uh, in, in the next segment is get, get in a little bit into maybe some examples. I, I, I was really intrigued by some of the companies that you, you've worked with and managed some really talented companies on that list. So we'll, we'll, get, we'll get through that as well. And, um, and then I want to talk about the South Mississippi Fund. I mean, you know, we talked about here, that here on Coast View before, but uh, a lot of energy being put on identifying opportunities here in coastal Mississippi and South Mississippi and, you know, developing an ecosystem here that will enable them to be successful, for sure. Uh, you're, you're, look, we've got less than a minute, but you're pretty excited about that, aren't you? Hey, I mean, it's up and running now. It's been an idea before the South Mississippi Angel Fund had, and, and then we've got a big conference on the 8th and 9th bringing the whole ecosystem together, so I'm looking forward to talking about those in even more detail. We're going we're gonna to go there in the next uh, couple of seconds. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Tony Jeff from Innovate Mississippi. Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Tony Jeff, the president and CEO of Innovate Mississippi. The last time that Tony was on the show, we talked about the formation or the, the vision around creating a South Mississippi Angel Fund. And as he mentioned before we went to break, that's actually rolling now. And we're going to talk more about that here shortly. But let's just take a step back for a second, Tony. Somebody comes to Innovate Mississippi and they have an amazing idea and you guys are intrigued by it and you see opportunity to, to work with them. What does that conversation look like and what happens after that? Well, at first, we, we always just try to understand what's their passion and what's the market that they, you know, are going to attack with this. And then, you know, the question of, you know, what do they see as their next steps and what do they see as their available assets and team? 
because in, in the end, we're about trying to fill the gaps. And some of the folks already have many of the gaps filled. I would say if there's a, a common thing, it's usually the technologist or the person with the technology who's in more often than not. So what we're needing to do then is round out their business team, their market um, segmentation and market development team. Uh, and, and sometimes we're still having to help them find prototype shops and those things. But it is usually the technologist who comes in the door. And we then will help assign them a mentor and try to get them to work forward. We we never tell anyone uh, their ideas back because, uh, frankly, our opinions don't matter in that regard. If the market says they have something, then forget it whether or not I'm their customer. If the market says they've got something, that's great. But they're going to have to go out and show that the market wants what they're trying to produce. And we believe in that very early. So we try to get them out there early talking to customers and potential customers, trying to understand the nuances of that market uh, from the very beginning. Um, yeah. We always... We always say we don't want anyone to fail, but if you're going to fail, fail fast and fail cheap. So the ones we don't think are good ideas or a good plan is to go out and work on this thing, spend a whole bunch of money before you've interacted with the market because the market's going to tell you what's wrong with your idea or what's right with it. And so we want them to do that from the very earliest stage. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to once that once you see, well, maybe there's something here and they stay driven they're beginning to build sort of some evidence that there's important support from the, the market. You guys have done a really good job of creating this cadre of, of seed and capital venture funds that are available to you, haven't you? Well, and that's been a part of early on, we kind of identified, um, and, and it humbles us to think that entrepreneurs, after they've worked with us, probably want our advice, but when they first come to us, they want money and they want access to capital. <laughs> and then the advice is part of what they, they feel like they have to go through. Hopefully those who've been around now know we can give good advice too. But the capital network, the angel investor network we've had in place, and we've been growing these angel funds regionally. And the new South Mississippi Angel Fund just heard their first pitch earlier this month. Their brand new fu uh, fund that's been formed is gonna be about a million dollar fund and there's a chance to increase that. Um, and I guess there'll still be open probably for new members here for a few more months. But they started hearing pitches. It's all investors from South Mississippi who want to invest in deals from the region. That's about half Hattiesburg, half Mississippi Gulf Coast folks. And uh, they're looking for businesses that can have high growth, but they also are looking to grow businesses in the area to invest in. So if you're talking to an entrepreneur from South Mississippi and you wanted to give them like a really good example of a company that you guys have worked with that has just going extraordinarily well what was what's an example that that they could study more about well and it depends i think in part on, on which ones because we've been around long enough now we've seen one of the earliest ones Baumgard, was literally one of the first companies i worked with when i came back to mississippi helped him raise money and to grow uh, the company that then eventually sold for uh, not a public figure but more than 100 million dollar figure in terms of uh, that business that still continues now under the new owners uh, I think each segment has its own sort of success stories like that. Uh, even A&I Pharmaceuticals, it used to be on the Howie 49 chemical plant, was it moved up northeast, but a bunch of investors that had been in here ended up, that company ended up going public. So that company did well for the investors. Unfortunately, didn't grow jobs in Mississippi because the company that acquired them moved them. So each one has a slightly different flavor of what type of success. Uh, unfortunately, in Mississippi, part of our uh, uh, our issue is we, we want to keep growing these companies when they're, you know, 300, 400, 500 employees. And, of course, many of the early founders want to have an exit. 
So we have to sort of work with them to try to find a way they can get liquidity and a way out without selling the company. Because often if they're selling to an out-of-state company, that company can be hollowed out. So we're trying to, you know, that's, that was that was step number four or five in our process. Step one is make the companies actually grow and, and, and get funded here. But now we're trying to find ways for them to keep growing here and to not, you know, leave the state uh, once they're to the size that they're that large. Well, you've done a great job with the Mississippi Angel Network. Um, as you guys had this vision for creating this angel fund here in South Mississippi, um, you know, how do you how do you assess where you are today? You you're right on track. You're you excited about it. Uh, talk talk to me about kind of where you are. I think it's an interesting space. The pandemic has thrown so many things into flux. I think we are in a really great position today, though, because we have active investors who want to invest in this space. There's going to be a new program that's going to in, in, uh, put in some matching capital for those investors uh, from a federal program called SSBCI. And we have a, a big network of partners around the state. So the Meeting Place in Biloxi is one of our local partners, Mississippi Polymer Institute in Hattiesburg. And we've got, uh, in working with them, they're having these local pitch events that can feed into these statewide accelerator we call co-builders. So I think this year you're going to see 10 companies getting twenty dollars to $40,000 of early stage money, then all pitching for bigger investor money later, all through those local partners. And that's a co-builders program we have. Uh, and then I'm really excited just because the timing's so good. We Next week have our big conference, the Accelerate Conference uh, in Jackson. We get the whole ecosystem together just to, and we've got some people from some other states. We're talking about how you know, the programs have worked there that we're trying to you know, emulate here. And one of the great things is we're not the only ones doing this and we can go out and learn from best practices where someone else has you know, tried something and maybe they tried it and it failed twice, but their new version works. So we can take that third version and use it here. Uh, and those folks all come together next week at our Accelerate Conference. <clears throat> I, I was always intrigued by the Idea Village in, in uh, New Orleans and when they had Entrepreneur Week and how that all played out. Uh, the, the the types of people that came to it, how excited they were, the energy in the room. You know, you've got a lot of investors that see this as an opportunity to really get on the ground floor of something big. Um, how's it how's it been for you as it relates to coastal Mississippi or South Mississippi, the way you call that the angel fund, and bringing you know angel investors into the mix? Yes, and I think interesting enough, John Atkinson with Idea Village is one of our panelists speaking at our conference next week because we've. Uh, uh, we've worked with them over the years. I think one of the things we we struggle with a little bit in Mississippi is having the critical mass communities, uh, you know, where you've got a New Orleans, Memphis, uh, even Birmingham, uh, but more so Nashville, Austin. Anytime you've got a critical mass, large metropolitan area, the Mississippi Gulf Coast can do so if we can, you know, the linear communities are a little harder to bring together than those that are sort of all around a central uh, metropolitan area. But uh that's what we are trying to really develop is how do we connect the dots across the whole state absent a million plus metro area. Uh, and so that's part of what uh, we're trying to do is to then bring all the resources available from a three million person state, even though we don't have a large metropolitan area. So that's part of what we're talking about at the conference is how these these accelerator programs like we're doing with co-builders can do so. Well, as, as you and I, I, I think we chatted a little bit about this the last time we were together. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, but when you think about the new economy, the opportunity for people to work remotely, this whole notion of people want to find a place to live, 
in this moment of inflation and coastal Mississippi being one of the, if not one of the, if not the most affordable beach community in the United States, the opportunity to attract people here is a pretty significant, actually. So you may, you, what, what, what may be coming to coastal Mississippi, and I, and I would, would actually argue that's probably happening as we speak, that new ideas, new potential entrepreneurs, new opportunities for the state are, are moving here as we speak. And, and one of the first things, certainly if they're on the technology sector, one of the first things they're going to be looking for is what's the nature of the ecosystem here and how can they support it? So I've got a great place to live now. I've figured that out. Cost of living is low, relatively speaking. And now can I tap into an organization that will, that will really enable me to start this side hustle but then make it become something very important? Do you see people like that already? I do, and it's really interesting to me, these meetups that get together sometimes where you have a tech meetup, all these folks looking around going, wow, I didn't know I was there were other people like me here, especially with remote work and the ability to choose the community they live in when they can live anywhere. That is just a tremendous opportunity for the Mississippi Gulf Coast. But I think also the, um, the Gulf itself, and especially USM has really been tapping in through their new program, Gulf Blue Navigator, it's just kicking off this week, uh, and, and I would recommend they can talk in so much detail how they brought together NOAA and Navy and all these other uh, groups to focus on uh, blue tech companies. And with Stennis Space Center there, and again, the privatization of space, the Mississippi Gulf Coast is really just in a great position uh, to attract companies and then to attract those workers who can work anywhere. I think it's just, you know, as you said, uh, the lowest cost coastal community probably anywhere with just so many great amenities and and I think that's just a great asset uh, for the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yeah, I think it's interesting. See, again, I, I've, I'm always blown away because, as I've said many times on the show, I never know where the learning is going to come from. You know, I learn something new every single day. But what you just said kind of hit me, and uh, it ties back to a lot of the conversations that I've been having, you know, across the board. Um, one, one more, one very specific was with Dr. Joe Paul recently. We spent an hour on the show together just talking about all the opportunities here in coastal Mississippi. And, and, and I've had entire shows focused on the blue economy. And, um, and what's interesting about what you said is that how Innovate Mississippi connects to that is through blue tech. You know, you're, okay, if it's your technology innovation focused com uh, organization. So blue tech and how it connects. And you think about the bookends, man, the innovation that's happened over at, at, at Stennis, the innovation that's happening at Ingalls, and all these points in between. My God, the opportunities for Coastal Mississippi are enormous. They really are. Hey, listen, when we come back, we'll have a final segment with uh, Tony Jeff from, from Innovate Mississippi. And uh, we'll continue the conversation. We'll see you after this. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Tony Jeff, the president and CEO of Innovate Mississippi. And, you know, it's always the case, I say this often on Coast View, that some of the best conversations actually happen during the breaks when we're, when we're just chatting. But we both share quite a, a passion for Coastal Mississippi realizing its potential and 
you know, there are a lot of w reasons that that is going to happen eventually for us because, you know, the potential is here. Great place to live, work, and play. You've got unbelievable technology uh, successes to tap into. You got, you've got, you know, one of the things you focus on a lot, Tony, is, is mentors. You need, you need people who have been there, done that, that can come in and quickly help someone, as you pointed out, fail fast. And, um, but the coast, man, so many things are working for us right now. And the entrepreneurial community and the ecosystem we create around that is, is a major league component to our success, isn't it? It really is. And I think, you know, they're not, unfortunately, there are areas in Mississippi where companies can't attract the talent they need and grow and do those things. But that's very much not the case in the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, there are, you know, you can, the companies there can attract the talent. They will have jobs for trailing spouses if they attract in workers, uh, lots of opportunities there. And so it is one of the high growth areas, I think, for uh, the companies that we're seeing. And, you know, we recently had our accelerator program. We'll be doing another one this year. I mentioned with the Meeting Place and with the Mississippi Polymer Institute in South Mississippi. So those, uh, you know, those companies that uh, are going to be well positioned to grow there. And then the other interesting thing I've seen, I've just seen more, you know, folks coming in, really interesting companies doing really great stuff uh, that are from the Mississippi Gulf Coast that uh, have good ties there and can get ready to grow their companies there. I think what Geneva's done at the meeting place is uh, very special. She's been on the show a couple of times. Geneva uh, Dummer, a dr drummer, drummer is a drummer. Doomer, Doomer, Doomer. That's right, Doomer. You know what? Actually, she'll she'll hate me for that because she coached me the last time she was on the on the show to get that right. But um, but uh, anyway, she's just a, a dedicated member of the business community here in coastal Mississippi, and she's been. She's had fire in her eyes around helping helping Innovate Mississippi roll this out. You've got to have partners like Geneva, don't you? We do, and that's the thing. I mean, we're traveling all over the state and doing you know remote calls all the time, but it's helped so much more to have someone in the community. And when we're trying to grow angel networks and mentorship, we need folks that are in the community because they get it so much better. Uh, and then, uh, so really, Geneva and the Meeting Place is the first connection for folks on the coast. Uh, that are interacting with us and we'd love to you know and a lot of times we will get somebody comes through our website that we will then connect with the partner locally and then continue to work with them like that is our friend dave dennis still engaged uh, he is and dave is still on our board of directors and dave was the one person that missed the south mississippi angel fund we don't release the members investors names for that but dave was willing to be the one person who could be mentioned in that in case people had questions so dave is also part of that group with the south mississippi angel fund and and uh, that group, I tell you, I'm just I'm loving that new group because there are some folks like Dave that are very experienced uh, in that. And there are also some people who just said, hey, I want to get involved and I'm going to put aside 25K uh, to put into these companies. And they're brand new to investing. So it's going to be just a really active group that is going to be doing a lot more than just put money into deals, but also just helping them. Hey, listen, a short time we have left. Anything else you want to say about the South Mississippi Angel Fund? Well, I think uh, we'd love to, you know, our, the gateway to the, any of these funds is through Innovate Mississippi and just innovate.ms. We then make sure the companies are ready before they get to the funds. Uh, but then uh, that fund in particular is really looking for South Mississippi deals. And, and it's just a great resource for the region. And then our whole ecosystem will be together, including the funds, the South Mississippi and other funds at our uh, Accelerate conference next week. Uh, November 8th and 9th. So just accelerate.innovate.ms, I think is the website. And uh, love to have everyone there. 
I spent some time on your website. You've got you got a really good good interactive website. I think it does a really good job in a simple way to present to people enough information that helps them say, yeah, this could be a great partner. I'm you know I'm that kind of technology idea that they're looking for, and I'm going to tap into this, and this is how I need to tap into them. The website's really good. I bet you've heard that before. Well, thank you. I tell you, it's an interesting thing. We. We want to tell the stories of what these great things that are happening in Mississippi because I think there's a fundamental disconnect. I hear all the time from companies, I can't get enough people. And at the same time, college graduates are saying there's no opportunities here. <laughs> and so we try to make sure that people do understand. I think we have 300 plus jobs in these really great jobs in these technology companies around the state. And we're just trying to make sure everyone knows about all the great things happening here in the state. So uh, as we uh, begin to close, I want to read that uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson quote again. To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. But, man, if, if, if most entrepreneurs will tell you that they, they want to do their thing. They want their idea to be, have an opportunity to success, for success. They want to have independence. They want to be successful. And they don't want to. They don't want to live in a world where you know there is a cookie cutter world. They're going to be, they're going to be independent and and smart and entrepreneurial, and that describes just about everybody you, the surrounding you these days, doesn't it? It does. And I think you know the person who is focusing on their passion, it doesn't feel like work as much. And that's what you see with a lot of these entrepreneurs. They're just so passionate about it that you know they're going to work really hard. It's not easy being an entrepreneur, but they. Yeah. The passion they have makes it a lot easier. It feels a lot easier for them. One of my favorite quotes says, uh, find someone who loves what they do, and you you will find someone who has discovered the fountain of youth. I just love the way that that's said. Anyway, Tony, Jeff, it's been a pleasure to, to catch up with you and the latest at, at Innovate Mississippi. Thanks for making a play, a serious play here in Coastal Mississippi, and we'll, we'll stay in touch, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.